for the month of October, I am declaring a month of coaching podcast episodes on the Better Belly podcast. Over the last several months, I've been focusing and honestly, pretty, I feel like most of the last year of the podcast, I've been focusing on very biology and chemistry focused healing solutions and talking about stomach acid and H. pylori and bloating and IBS and low FODMAP and why food sensitivities can increase or decrease. And we've been getting into the nitty gritty of just science. But what I have been finding and what I've been feeling just in my spirit the last month or two is I really want to dive in with y'all deeper on the spiritual, mental, emotional aspect of getting healthy. And so on today's episode, I want to start off our month, uh, October month of coaching with Paula Jeffrey. Paula is a homeopath and hypnotherapist in the pursuit of turning your symptoms into solutions. Her goal is to help you transform the way you understand disease and reconnect with your body so that healing can be a collaborative journey of self-awareness and empowerment. I have been following Paula on her Instagram at Healing with Paula for about six to eight months, and I have loved her Instagram posts. There was one post in particular that really stuck out to me called Six Reasons You're Still Sick. And after reading it, I reached out to Paula and said, Would you be on the Better Belly podcast and share your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners? I am so excited to be starting off this month of coaching and mind body connection with Paula. Paula Jeffrey. Are you guys ready to jump in? Let's meet Paula. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Awesome. Well, today you guys already know we have Paula Jeffrey on the podcast from Healing with Paula. I follow Paula on Instagram and I absolutely love her posts. And what happened was a couple honestly, maybe a couple months ago at this point, I saw this post that she, she put on there and I was like, yes, this, this is so amazing. And I messaged her and I was like, I've been stalking you for a while. Paula, will you be on the podcast? And she said, yes. So Paula, thank you so much for coming and being on the better belly podcast. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have connected and I've been a listener of the podcast now since we've connected. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to do my research too and I got sucked in. So I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm so curious what you're enjoying because I enjoy your stuff and I feel like you say stuff. And one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast and for our listeners to understand, like you say things and I, I read it and I feel like this is something I say, but you either either have a different spin on it, which is kind of what today's topic is all about. Six reasons you're still sick, which I've talked about. And I kind of allude to, I have like a whole podcast episode on like nine reasons your supplements aren't working. And, and so it's like, yeah. there's all these things that when we're sick, we're like, why the heck am I not feeling better? Especially when you're like doing all the quote unquote right things. And so like this but what, but when you say it, and one of the reasons I like you is it's like, you have a different spin on it and you, you, you have this, these words that you use that I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So I'm so curious what you like about our podcast, but in the meantime, we'll see if that naturally comes up, but I really do want to just jump in six reasons. You're still sick. And I am going to put a link for our listeners, um, in the podcast so they can just first follow you on Instagram. Cause you got a lot of great stuff on there. Second, um, see this original post. Cause it would be really great, honestly, for like journaling or thinking through it, but the mm -hmm. number one, or the first reason you say is number one, your needs aren't being met. I'm just going to read the text on here. It says the foundation of your health is built on your daily needs being met before mm -hmm. therapies or healers and products. You just need your core needs to be met. And I remember reading that. I was like, Oh, she's like really I mean, you're really putting your finger on something of like, like, and, and I would, can you just tell me more? Can you just talk? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so this post is actually part of my foundation. It comes from my course uh, called Mind Body Reconnection. And this is the foundation of that course is these six factors. So these are the six factors that are always kind of in the back of my head working with patients. Um, when people are telling me about their health, this is where I'm coming from. And this six, um, these six factors are really being pulled from an element of human design, which is another uh, area that I work in. Um, and the first level, this number one thing about needs is really about setting a, a strong foundation of wellness that you can stand on before you do anything else in your healing and in your life. And I think that this calls this is called forward really when we're thinking about our existence and when we're working with healing that when our needs are being met on a core level when we've eaten enough in a day when we have drunk enough water when we have moved our body sufficiently when we have you know been creative in a day all of those really core needs are required in order for us to feel good from birth till death babies that's all they work on is their core needs this is our most important foundation um, and from the homeopathic perspective this is one of the core pillars in homeopathy where hygiene is one of our number one factors that um, back in Hahnemann's day who created homeopathy, he was one of the first doctors to say, okay, but do we have clean drinking water? What are we doing with our you know, fecal matter? Are we dumping it in the street or are we disposing of it? What is hygiene? What are we looking at from that regard? So yes, you can do all these supplements and remedies and all these healing things, but if you're not eating enough protein in a day, then where are you gonna get, right? You can't throw stuff at that if you're not meeting that core need. So that's where this one really comes from. Okay, then I love hearing you share about that. I've written a bunch of stuff. First off, 
you said something that I've never thought of. I just love, I, lo- I love framework and understanding the bigger framework. Babies only work on their core needs, yeah, which is mind blowing. And you think about, I actually, I think we think about on our childhood, especially early childhood. And it felt very free and carefree other than the fact that we throw tantrums. And I think some people's childhood childhoods maybe weren't that way. And I feel like the older we get in our childhood, every child is like, goes through stuff, you know, like no, no family's perfect, but like maybe when we're like super, super young, we're just even just ignorant of like, and all we know is like, I get fed. Um, I, I, I do this stuff. And then of course, when we're babies, as long as we didn't go through, um, things like, uh, I'm, I'm blanking when it's called, uh, babies don't get, <clears throat> oh, this is so funny. Um, oh, failure to thrive. not failure to thrive, but, but they're not, they're, they're, they're ignored. They're not picked up there. And that happens. Right. Yeah. And, and that gets written into their, into their nervous system, which is yeah. really crazy. But like in a healthy situation, that's all babies are responsible for is like you be responsible for getting your daily needs met. And, yeah. and of course it's an added layer of adulthood that like the reason we don't stay children is that we, we learn to be able to take care of other people's needs or to, to delay certain needs being met. You know, we're not throwing a temper tantrum, hopefully if we like have a delayed meal or something, but but the problem is, is that with adulthood, I think, um, there two things are happening. One, we think adulthood means no longer having childhood, like, and, and that's in every area like that, that's phrase concept alone touches, not just personal health. I mean, teaches what you said, creativity, or just like being silly, yeah. dancing, like no one's watching. Um, and C.S. Lewis, actually, I'm a huge fan of him talks about that. He actually says, cause he wrote children's literature and he says, you yeah. know, if we think adulthood is, is adulthood minus childhood, but it's childhood plus adulthood. Um, yeah. and I think the other problem with adulthood is we think learning delayed, I was meditating on this. I'm just going to say it, but, um, delayed gratification ends up being like deleted gratification. Just like, like I'm never done enough to like rest or to feed myself or to, or to whatever it is that is meeting my need to, to ask somebody to help me to tell somebody, Hey, I've been doing the dishes every week this week. Could you please do that? We just, we just delete the gratification and, and, and get really separated in our minds and our bodies from, if we can't even meet our core needs, like how can we know what we need on any other level? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. And and you said something, um, the, the mind and the body being separate. And in, this might be a prompt for anybody listening. But in the course, I really talk about the four bodies of the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. And I encourage people to break that down in my course and go through what are my needs for each of these four bodies individually. And often they overlap, obviously, right? Going for a walk in nature is a spiritual practice just as much as it is a physical and mental emotional, honestly, for me. But um, there's lots of overlap. But even as I do that, I do that sometimes in my journal. I'll say, okay, I'm not feeling great right now. How is my mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies doing? What have I not covered here? And I'll go through it and think, wow, I have paid zero attention to my mental body lately. You know, like it's just been on the side or my spiritual body, which so many people are really detached from now. And that's the core of our being is that childhood spirituality of play and joy and being so present in the moment that they are. I walked with my nephew the other day and for some reason he pulled me to the like 
to his level. And (laughs) everywhere I looked, I was like, oh, look, look at this leaf that I found. And I was like, look at this feather. I had to show him everything. And I thought that is a spirituality practice to be able to be so present that all you care about is look at this thing that I found. Um, So yeah, really getting back to the needs of those bodies that maybe you don't pay attention to as often. Yeah. Um, on your post here, you specifically have like a little almost journal question, like what do you need each day to feel safe and supported, which sounds like it's kind of encapsulating you further break it down in your course, which I'm, I'm sitting here being like, I love this stuff. And I don't think you're ever done with the healing journey. I'm like, I need to go, we'll learn. You're going to have to tell us more about your course or or maybe we'll continue (laughs) to learn. Um, but I love this. And, And even today I was thinking, you know, whether you've hit a new low in life or a new high in life or a new average in life, um, you're kind of like, what do I need next? And, and we want to be able to take almost like a personal audit of, yeah. of what's going on. And, and I find that, yeah, it's easy to forget one layer. Cause you're like really attending to physical. You're like running a marathon. I know like when I've run marathons, I just forget about other parts of myself yeah. <laughs> or something, you know, or whatever it is. And like, Oh, or I'm, I'm on a book reading. Like I'm just learning a lot, but then I just totally forget to like make food. I'm in that season right now. I'm just not making yeah. food really well. Can I admit that on my own podcast? But, but yeah. And so it's like, those things are, I love that. Um, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to have us move on. Did you have anything else yeah. before we moved on to point two? No. Yeah. Know, let's go to point two. I'm sure we could talk so much about it. That's why I have a whole course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so number two, uh, reasons why, again, the whole theme is reasons why you're still sick. Number two is you're suppressing symptoms. And the text you have on here is your body strives to express, 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 which hit me really deeply when I first read it. I was like, Oh, what's she about to say next? But <laughs> suppression, <laughs> suppression supports survival. Um, and, but it won't heal you. The more you suppress, the more your body tries to express. Tell me more about this. Dig into that for me. Yeah. So this point is really drawn from homeopathy um, because homeopathy is one of the few medicines that really encourages the body to bring up and release what is happening. A lot of medicines are very supportive of the body and, and really support like food. Food is very supportive. It's not really going to suppress or express either way. It's going to support somewhere in the middle, but homeopathy is one that really encourages stuff to come up and out. That is the, the direction of cure for homeopathy is to bring stuff up and out. And we've really gotten away from that in medicine as we've moved on because we've gotten through a lot of things with really heroic medicines. And so that's why I say suppression supports survival because suppression inherently isn't bad. Our body naturally suppresses things all the time, but like suppressing like the need to pee or see like, right. Like super simple, (laughs) super basic. We're not saying suppression is bad all the time. Exactly. (laughs) But if you suppress that forever, you'd have a problem, right? Right. You you want to balance, like to be able to suppress, we would consider, you know, I can't believe I just used pee, but like incontinence is like, we consider that bad, like something's malfunctioning, but, but we want to be able to go both ways. You're Um, And that's just a super visceral explanation, (laughs) but continue. (laughs) No, that's a really good example. And I think that um, we've just fallen into kind of this pit of suppressing anything that feels bad in any way. And Mm. that's creating a lot of um, 
I think it creates a lot of illness in our society, generally speaking, because it's the way that we think that we're supposed to deal with problems. Um, so the question that I ask on this post is, where are you blocking the natural expression of symptoms? And I say symptoms, but I'm really meaning the natural expression of you. So are you suppressing your voice in conversation? So we're always pulling from those mind, body, soul, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. Are you suppressing your voice? Are you suppressing emotions to make other people comfortable? Are you suppressing your desire for food? Are you, you know, where are you not allowing the natural expression of symptoms where your body is saying, I need to feel this. I need, I need this. I need you to give this to me. Um, are you allowing that or are you pushing it aside and ignoring it? Because that really is your body's language and we need to listen to it. Um, again, so many thoughts from what you're saying, but I'll, I'll start with, I'll go in reverse order for, for one. I love that you, I, I always encourage my clients to think of their symptoms as clues and, yeah. and it's not like we're, we're, we're not judging the symptom. We're definitely, there's some symptoms we're like, we don't want to invite you to stay. Like you're giving me a clue, like, yeah. and symptoms inherently are trying to reinforce or, or, or de-enforce. There's probably a better word for that. It's not a real word reinforce or, or, or stop a behavior. Um, yeah. and, and it's actually amazing. We our our nervous system and our, how our whole bodies works. They're actually designed to say, Nope, let's never do that again. And that's why, like when you're habit building, I'm going to toss this in, um, just as a fun fact, I love habit building. Cause I think it's fascinating. And cause people feel like they want to throw up when I bring it up, but it's like, cool. <laughs> and the reason I bring it up is for example, if you work out too hard, cause your, your mind, your mind isn't listening to your symptoms. Your, your symptoms are saying, Hey, <laughs> we're tired. We don't love this anymore. Maybe you're getting a little grumpy while you work out. Maybe you're hating your life. Why did I go to the gym? Like you're feeling gross the whole time. And you work out really hard. Cause you told yourself January one, I'm going to like do this thing and I'm not going to screw with it. And, and, and mm -hmm. you know, we're not, you know, F you body, I'm going to do whatever I want. And, <laughs> yeah. and what happens though, is then you get all these negative symptoms, both during that workout, like all the turmoil. And you're like, I don't feel, I, I feel overweight. You just like, there's all this turmoil. And then afterwards you feel horrible. Cause you're like, I overworked out. I'm super hungry. I don't feel like I'm losing weight. I'm bloated. I'm, you know, all this stuff can happen when you, when you just, you're not listening to your symptoms either during something or afterwards. And what happens is all your symptoms just said, uh, we're going to train ourselves to never do that again. <laughs> and, and so, and so a symptom is a clue. It's, it's not, it's neither yeah. good nor bad. And, 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 and really listening to those symptoms and using them as yeah. our friends. Um, yeah. I know for me and my personal journey, um, emotion has been one of my bigger things. I'm an Enneagram one. I don't know much about human design. I think it's some type of personality. I looked it up a little, yeah. um, personality ish yeah. thing, but um, for our Enneagram friends, I'm an Enneagram one. I'm like, you know, perfectionist. And I really settle into anger when something, when anything goes wrong, anger is my go-to emotion. But then I, my, my kind of approach to emotion is in all of it's bad, like, because all of it gets in the way of me doing what I need to do. If I'm happy, you know, I don't, who needs to be happy. I need to like do my thing there. You know, there's just like all this stuff that goes in. Um, yeah. and, and, and all that emotion, I end up suppressing it. And that, that creates a whole heck of a ton of problems, but we're allowed yeah. to feel emotion. And so any of these things, if you don't feel, if you don't, if you don't let it out 
builds up. The other thing that initially when I read this, I thought of something I do in craniosacral therapy because our, mm-hmm. our better belly therapies has two aspects to it. We have our functional lab testing um, through our foundations program, which is all virtual. And then our in-person manual therapy, which we do with clients in, in our clinic in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And craniosacral therapy has this aspect of it called somato-emotional release. Are you familiar with this at all? A little bit. I've talked to people who do it. So a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so somatic emotional release, it's this concept that the body receives trauma as a force. I mean, force is, mm-hmm. you know, it's super, it's physics, right? Like it's a vector <laughs> yeah. and you receive a force into your body. Um, and, and if the body is compromised at the point in time, when you receive force, and we're going to get, I can get into that in a sec, but if it's compromised, the body will say, I can't deal with this force right now. And so that might be falling on your tailbone. That might be getting in a car accident. That might be giving birth. Um, that might be, you know, falling off your bike. The body says, this is not an okay time to cry. This is not an okay time to grieve the fact that your car just got destroyed or that, you know, you're whatever it is that your body's being injured. Like you're usually in fight and flight, maybe in the cases I just gave, but like maybe you're in a sports thing or something. You're just, your body's like, we're going to suppress right now. So kind of going back to what you said suppress is natural. It kind of gets us through a moment, but if we never go back and express it, what happens is that that vector, that force gets stuck in our tissues because where else is it going to get stored where the damage was? And so what happens though, is it can also get emotions from that event wrapped up in it and all this stuff. So it's to have full emotional healing from some events, even if it's just purely physical trauma, a concussion giving, I think giving birth is one of the most common things that women are going through men don't have anything else that connects them the way birth does. (laughs) Like that's true. Yeah. If we never heal from it, it's stuck in our tissue and it changes how the tissue behaves. So you get pain and neuropathies and you get muscles that won't fire. So you get weakness, you get decreased blood circulation. So you have a muscle atrophy and just all sorts of problematic things. Organs will decrease in their functionality because they're not getting blood they need, especially if an organ was nearby the, the, the trauma. And so, um, when I saw that, I I thought about the fact that when we do somato emotional release, the release is the expression. Yeah. And it looks different for everybody. Sometimes I, I mean, sometimes there's not a ton of emotion involved with the, what we call an SCR. Um, sometimes there is crying or there's laughter. Oh my gosh. Happiness. Sometimes you, you're so happy. Like you graduate, you're the first in your family to graduate. And you're like, you just can't take it all in 24 hours. Where does it go yeah. in your, it's in your body. Yeah. You don't pee it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like what you're, what you're talking about with express, express, express is, is the fact that we go through natural suppression cycles. And we might need time and the bigger the event, happy or sad, or honestly, a mix of both. It's just going to take time to dig into it. And so a program like yours or the work you do or the work that people like you do, um, or like me, that's, that's part of the healing. Um, do you have any, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts or any, in response to things I share there? That was, that's really cool. I really like that perspective. And I think it ties into point number three. So that's really cool. Um, Take us there or (laughs) uh, yeah, I was just going to say the second question on that post is, is it safe to express them instead? And I think that speaks to what you were explaining. Um, Mm. And also like kind of going back to the childhood stuff and being a kid, were you ever taught to hold space for yourself in that way? So you were the first to graduate. You're so excited and you're expressing that. 
was that suppressed by somebody else? And you never really got to celebrate that for yourself, right? And, and I think that that kind of ties in where then it would be put into your body in some way, right? Or did a parent, maybe your parent wasn't able to hold space for you when you fell and skinned your knee, you know, and you weren't ever really taught like, okay, I can take five minutes right now to really feel this and I'm going to be okay if I feel it. So is it safe for them to express instead or after or later, right? Where does safety come into this is often a question that I think about. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. But the third one, yeah, I definitely feel like what you were saying ties into the third perspective. Um, uh, I'm on it if you want me to read it. Or <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it too. Why yeah. do you go for it? Um, so the third one is that you're treating the wrong thing. And this, this pillar is really the pillar of the mind-body connection. And this is something that I'm really passionate about because homeopathy is really total body, mind, body, soul all together. Um, and then in hypnotherapy, we're really looking at how everything in your body begins in your mind in some capacity. So this, this pillar is really leaning on what you were saying. What is your symptom protecting you from? Were you working out and hating it the whole time? So your body was getting the message that this is unsafe and this is bad and we can never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then you blow your knee out and you're like, why did I blow my knee out? You know? Oh. Um, so the mind body connection and recognizing that those are connected. Um, so the post says when you attack surface level symptoms, you get surface level results. If you're not addressing the mind body connection, the core imbalance sustaining your symptoms will persist. Um, and it sounds like your somatic, what was it? Somatic expression, a somato emotional release, somato emotional release, um, really gets to that level as well, where it's addressing, there's two components here and we need to bring them together in order to really heal the problem. Um, yeah. So that, that I feel really ties into that. I'm curious and this topic, and I get asked this a lot and I kind of have my own answer in my own place where I'm at least currently at with, with my answer, but I would love to hear what your answer is. And so the question yeah. goes something like this, I'm sure you've heard it. Um, how do I know where the problem is? Like, how do, like, should I even bother dealing with the mental emotional aspect? You know, if I have, you know, low back pain, it's just like a chronic problem that, that is, I mean, it's just everywhere. And yeah. I've worked with clients who we completely get rid of their low back pain and work with clients where they like, I had one who read a book and it went away. And it was kind of like, I would, I've kind of come to peace with when someone comes in and they're like, I've tried 20 million things. How do I know what to do next or where the problem is? How do you approach it? So I think again, as we go through these points, we'll kind of answer that question a little bit more. Um, awesome. <laughs> first, my first thought on that is everyone is so individualized and everyone has completely different histories. No two people are the same. Um, and I think that's why we get so much of the, I've tried everything and I'm still sick because we're trying on different things, but there's somebody else's thing. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be practitioners that really support you and really help you. Um, but you have to know yourself before you step into that office to some extent. And that might take a practitioner supporting you to find out who that is, right? But right. that's really what I focus on in the course is these three, these first three pillars are really the internal pillars. They're all about you. It's what are my basic needs? 
And what are, how does my body express? Am I allowing it to express? Is it safe for it to express? Um, and then the third one is the mind-body connection, kind of almost starting to bring you into that external perspective. But when you start looking at your basic needs, if you look at those basic needs and you start to realize, oh, I sit at my desk eight hours a day and I don't take any breaks and I don't exercise and my low back hurts, why? <laughs> so when that's the perspective, maybe I start going for walks every half hour just around my building or in my office. I get up and I stretch and I move and see if that helps. Are my basic needs being taken care of? And that's often where I'll start is, is there just like a very simple basic thing that's out of line here? Um, the other part of the question of like, do I pay attention to mind? Do I pay attention to body? Is it mental, emotional? Is it something else? Um, I think that again, comes down to the person and bringing awareness to all of those factors. When my back hurts, what's happening? What am I doing? Is there a person that makes my back hurt? <laughs> when I talk to this person, do I start having symptoms? When I'm at work, do I start having symptoms? Is there something affecting it? Um, what are the thoughts I'm having when I'm having that symptom? And when you start to look at it from this bigger picture, with all of that in mind, you can start to see where pain points are. For some people, they'll ask the, those questions. They'll say, nope, it's just my back pain, just my back pain. There's nothing else. Great. So go, you know, do osteo, do Cairo, go, you know, like do what works for you. Um, so I guess the answer to that question for me is it's very individualized and it takes exploration and curiosity and self-awareness, which I think is the foundation. Yeah, I'd say I, I, my, my, I think the crux of my answer always centers around being okay with the process. And I think yeah. we're, we want quick fixes. I think I sympathize with that. It's like, hey, if you're in pain, I would want to be quick too. But yep. but also realizing that like everything's a process, whether it's getting out of debt or whether it's improving your relationships with others or ending toxic relationships. Like everything just is is a bit at a time, losing weight. Um, and and it's the same with healing. And I think we can get panicked and flustered. And I've been there. And I think I still get there. Like every now and again, something happens and, and I can catch myself being like, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> and then I had to just reground myself and, and, and I'll try to maybe ground myself in uh, things I can actively do so I don't feel like a victim or things that I can retrace back so I can think about what's the most recent thing that that preceded this symptom, um, yeah. or, or even long-term, like a accumulate, accumulating thing that might've preceded this symptom. And, and I'd ground myself and just realize, okay, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I even will sometimes hear myself say to myself, I'm going to be okay with not knowing I'm going to yeah. be okay. And, 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 and really centering into what's just going to be my next step. Is it a hot Epsom salt bath? Is it is it finding, going and e sending an email to my health practitioner I'm working with setting up an appointment just telling my husband, looking at my bank account to see if I can, what I can buy, like what is, what just, what's my next step? What am I going to do? So not being a victim definitely takes away some of the panic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that speaks to, um, the first pillar of how can I feel safe and supported in this moment? Okay. Oh. My back just blew out. How do I feel safe and supported right now? Yeah. What do I need to be taken care of in this moment? Um, because again, until that foundation is set, you can't go do anything else, right? If you're in this panic, unsafe place, how do you go ask for help? Right. So yeah, I, uh, that's a good answer. <laughs> I like your answer. 
<laughs> Great. Awesome. I, I like how you explained my answer. <laughs> okay. Number four of, of the uh, fourth reason why you might still be sick is, I love this, your community sucks. Uh, and I kind of, we've already brushed on this a bit, but you have here friends, family work. If the communities you interact with on a regular basis are unsupportive, toxic, unsafe, or simply don't nourish you, your body will protect and inform you via symptoms. Yeah. I think this one really speaks for itself and it's pretty blunt because this is one that I see affect me the most in my life. I think I've had like, even at the, the height of my health issues, it in hindsight boiled down completely to my relationships. I, mm. I had moved away from home. I did not have a supportive community. I was in a really terrible relationship. I, it was not good. And my body talked to me the whole time. And I look back on that. And I'm like, how did I not, how did I not see that? But you know, that's the lessons that we learn, but yeah, really diving like, and being critical about it. How do you feel before you see somebody? How do you feel during, how do you feel after? Does it make you feel good and lit up? Because that's your support. That's your external support. Your, your, the things you do for your body and your basic needs are your internal foundation. Your community is your first step in your external foundation. When you're a kid, when you're a baby, you're not taking care of your needs. Your, your, your community is, right? And that's the same when you're an adult. It's, it's just looks different. Um, but yeah, I think this one is pretty straightforward, but I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts on it too. <laughs> um, I thought about the fact that I just, we just, uh, had a podcast episode come out at least as of the day that you and I are talking, um, and it has to do with our values. I can't remember the exact title, but something about like how to have time for everything that you value, um, and how to stop saying no, I don't have time for that. I hate that phrase. I hate it when I say it. Um, (laughs) so how to stop saying, I don't have time for that and and have time for everything you value. And it's about values. And one of the things I shared, and I actually had someone tell me this. Um, one of the things I shared about is I wrote down my top five values when I was in college. That was the first time I'd ever done that exercise. And I realized that family, my, my like nuclear family didn't make it on there. And, and I was being super honest. I'm so glad I was being honest. I don't know how I had a, I guess I had a counselor at the time. So maybe that's why I had the courage. Like I was not being very honest with myself in a lot of life, but I was super honest about that. And I remember having this like uncomfortable feeling of like, no, I don't not love my family. Like, but there was this sense of, and even my whole family knew we'd all have family counseling. We all kind of knew that our relationship was rough. And I was like, I don't look forward to when I have to go home on Christmas, you know, break. I don't have, I don't look forward to going home on Thanksgiving. I, I actually feel different now. And one of my goals was what can I do or who can I be, or what can I put in place so that that isn't forever true. But in college at that time, I was like, it's not one of my top five values. I can't be spending time either feeling like I ought to be calling my mom or dad or going home on the weekend. Like if my other friends do that and they love it, I don't want to need to spend time feeling guilty that that's not the case for me. And all I can know is I'm going to be safe for myself right now. And, and, and maybe in the future it'll change. Um, awesome. Great. But it's, it's not immediate. I don't expect that of myself. And I just had someone actually respond to me and say, I, that was so freeing for them to hear because they remember and they actually still feel that way. And they've never really given themselves permission to feel that. And they're like, I'm like starting to process things regarding that, that I've never allowed myself to process. And I was like, awesome. Like, praise God. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like, 
that you you want we want our stories to be impacting each other. Out of curiosity, in your course, is there a community involved? I'm sure it's awesome either way, but <laughs> there's not right now. Okay, no, that's fine. That. Yeah, no, there's not right now. <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome. I just wanted to ask. Um, yeah. So with that number four, though, uh, your question is, which you already said, but I'll just restate the the question for journaling is, how do you feel before, during, and after you interact with your community? So, um, yeah. Anything? Any response from what I shared? Uh, no, I think that's the permission slip. Permission slips mm. are my favorite, writing yourself a permission slip for something. And I think community is often something that we can, it's been that way forever. You've been in that relationship forever. And, you know, romantic relationships, we break up, but other relationships, we don't really, right? We don't, we don't know how to do that necessarily. And sometimes the seasons end, they don't serve us anymore. Um, and to have, or, or the seasons pause, like you said, you, you, at that time, it wasn't great for you down the road. You want it to be a better relationship. Um, and I think that we can really go on autopilot in that realm and just kind of get stuck in things that aren't serving us. So yeah. Yeah. Permission slips. I love that. Yay. <laughs> that was yeah. great. Um, and by the way, if you're listening to this, just realize like Paul and I know that we're talking about a lot of stuff. Like this is yeah. not like our heart. I am sure both of us is that not to say, wow, you have to fix all these six things. Otherwise you're not going to get healthy or go do them all today. Or, you know, yeah. it's, I'd say as you're listening, you know, either go back in the podcast and find a place where your heart ached the most or where you got most excited. Like, yes, I want to get rid of that in my life. Or, you know, go to her Instagram post and look through it. Maybe if you're a visual learner or whatever, but like, I'd say just encourage y'all just like, think of one thing, one thing that you like want to tackle, feel like you can yeah. tackle, um, yeah. your heart kind of jumps at. So, yeah. um, but we're going to give you two and more. Say, <laughs> yeah. oh, go ahead. And to say quickly, I tap into these six all the time. I am always thinking about them. I have them written down on my desk and like, where do I need to focus right now? Like they're, they're, they're big, big ideas that you get to kind of pull on and play with throughout existence. It's not just for this right, right now. So yeah. So that's good. A good commit. <laughs> awesome. Number five is, oh, this one also hit me. I was like, these all hit me so much. She needs to come to the podcast. Um, number five is you're looking for a savior. Um, you, your text reads, practitioners are there to support you, not save you. Healing happens in between appointments as you meet your core needs, allow symptoms to express, listen to your body and nurture communities. Practitioners are catalysts, which I love mm -hmm. that reframing you did at the end. Tell us more about this one. Um, I think this one came as a practitioner, um, because I started to see the patterns in patients who had tried everything and then we got together and maybe they were someone that I wasn't able to support the way I wanted to, or they were referred on to somewhere else. But I saw this pattern in people where they were giving away power to, and I think we all do this when we're not feeling well, we say, I don't want to deal with it. You fix it. I, I don't know what to do. I'm at, I'm, you know, victim. I'm at a bad place right now. I don't know how to help myself. You do it. And practitioners are amazing. Every single therapy that is out there is amazing and can do incredible things. And I love that we have so many different perspectives of health right now, but 
no one can fix you. That's, that's the problem is that we think that when we go out to a practitioner, they're going to be our silver belt, our silver bullet, they're going to fix it. They're going to do everything that we need them to do. And that's not the case. There has to be a relationship. So my big focus in this one is always identifying what your job in healing is and identifying what your practitioner's job in healing is, making sure that you're expectations are aligned, making sure that you're seeing what their capacity is and what their limitations are and understanding that you still have a role in healing. Even if you're going for a massage, you still have a job to drink water afterwards. You still have a job to, you know, sit with that, that calm afterwards and really allow it to be in your body. Um, yeah, I think that this one is just kind of a reframe. And in the course, I share um, an appointment audit to encourage people to regularly audit the practices that they're doing. Because I don't know if you've had patients where you get to a point, you're like, you've been coming over and over and over again, and we're not really getting anywhere. And, and I think it's really empowering and important for me and you as a patient to be aware of that, that you, you get to say, this isn't working. My expectations aren't being met. We need to have a conversation. This is a relationship, just like number four <laughs> that right. we need to pay attention to. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Also that you, you have like a little handout. Um, this hits me, like I'd say personally, cause I, I totally have health practitioners and I can, I can see myself grow in this. When I think about my early journey, like you go to a doctor and you're like, fix me. And then you're like pissed that they can't fix you. And that they told you yeah. that, you're, that your labs look normal and you don't feel normal. Oh. And it's just like, like, you just like, and, and you're mad at the healthcare system. You're mad that insurance doesn't cover more. And it's just like, yeah. okay. Like you, you're, I think there's an aware, like, I think it's, again, it's some of it's so reasonable of like, like just learning some of the facts about way things work. And the fact that nobody's trying to educate us along the way, like there's all this education, like here's how your car insurance does and doesn't work and stuff. And just like health insurance, no one's trying to draw lines or make things clear. And we're, so we're just like, yeah, like early on, like that was my response. And I've seen how I've grown over time and how I come into a health practitioner's office. But I say now as a health practitioner, I really feel this point because there's a difference in and the type of person when they walk in, how they feel yes. with us as the health practitioner. And I can tell, and, 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 and I, I'm not, I thought about this point. I was like, it's not tattletaling on our clients. Like there's some of you guys I actually hate, What I'm, what I'm interested, <laughs> what I'm interested in sharing right now is actually you're, you get a better health practitioner when you do the work. Because yeah. I, I get a totally different energy level, even for clients. I get clients yeah. all the time who, who come in crying. It's not that crying or being upset or being angry or like, like you, we all go through moments of like, what just happened? Um, yeah. and, and like, that's okay. Like practitioners, we're generally compassionate people, especially if you have a good one and stuff, but like, if you just never do the work or, or you're, or you're like coming accusatory. Like there's, there's all very subtle things that can happen. Even I think, I think some of my really wonderful clients don't even realize that it happens when they're just really not feeling great, but they don't get yeah. me because I'll get defensive or I'll get like yeah. panicked of like, I've got to heal this person. Um, and, and it's like, you don't want to admit these things as a health practitioner, but um, it's not that like it totally ruins my day and I never can help this person again, but really like you get a better health practitioner. I get excited when I see someone come yes. in and they've done their homework. And, and even if they're frustrated, I had some, a new client this week and they're like, they, I'm so educated. So I, I, my sympathy was so high for this person and, and, 
And I remember just saying, I'm so glad you're here because you like literally found the answer. And he left and he was like, I've been, I'm out of pain for the first time in like years for him. I mean, and so he is just like interesting. And so like, the, the vibe is different. I can see you, she, y'all, uh, <laughs> Paula's nodding her head a lot and stuff. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that. <laughs> no, I think that's really important. And I think that, um, the, the perspective that the energy that you bring, it doesn't mean, like you said, you don't have to come in and be like, yeah, I'm ready to heal. I'm so excited. I'm going to be amazing. Cause obviously when you're coming to someone for help, you don't feel amazing. You feel no. probably not great at all. Yes. Um, but the coming forward to a practitioner and saying, I'm going to do everything I can to make this go well for the both of us that brings your practitioner forward. Obviously we always want to do our best in a situation, but we really benefit when a patient is already looking at their basic needs, already looking at how they're expressing symptoms. They are aware of their body. They're aware of how their relationships are affecting them, or they have the curiosity to look at it when we ask the questions, right? That could be all that you come with for me is curiosity. And like, when I ask questions, you're like, Oh, I haven't thought about that. I'm going to think about that right now. And like, you know, an eagerness to be like, I'm curious about what's happening in my body. I want to explore it further and I'm committed to this process. And I think that is important. I think I see to add one more thing before we move on to the last point, but I think I see that also show up in my clients who are working with other people. And like, I don't care if that's another doctor or, or a nutritionist or a life coach, or I've seen so many things. They're working with a chiropractor. They're working with so many like acupuncturists, like, but I see that in those people where they'll come to me and they'll say, I met with my life coach this week and she said this thing and I really made me think of you and I really want to share it with you. And so that's like another aspect of, of when I see someone really owning their, their journey that they, I, I, for that just came to mind as like something that I see. And so it doesn't have to be all like, I realize not everyone can see Well, time-wise it can be hard to see a million people or money-wise it can be hard, but like, that is just like a, a, a fine tune thing I see. And yeah. Um, it's really interesting. So health yeah. is, is a, it's a, it's a group effort. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and on your last point, the practitioners are catalysts. Like you just said, I just saw my life coach and they said this and it catalyzed me into mm. this next perception where I wanted to tell you about it. So yeah. instead of going to people for saving, you're going to people to inspire and activate you into the next stage of healing is yeah, really important for sure. Um, so number six on this and the last one, uh, which is really interesting. I remember I was flipping through this Instagram post. I'm like, what's going to number six going to be, um, (laughs) this is a very, I was clearly engaged with this post. Um, (laughs) number six is you don't know what you want. Oh gosh, this also made my stomach drop. So, but your text says, <laughs> if you spend all day telling yourself not to think about purple elephants, you'll spend an entire day thinking about purple elephants. When you are deeply connected to your future healed self, you open the door to possibility. Why don't you tell us first what yeah. your thoughts are on this? Um, so this one really draws from hypnosis. Um, that's a core perspective in hypnotherapy. Uh, is that your your unconscious mind just takes what it receives. It's not really filtering for for knots and no's and all these things. If you tell it, don't think about purple elephants, you're thinking about purple elephants. If you're thinking, oh, I don't want to be sick. I just don't want to be sick. I don't want to be sick. 
what do you want to be? What, do, what are you moving towards? And that's why this is the last point, because it's kind of the jumping off point. What's next? What are you moving towards? What are your, your health goals? How does that feel in your body? Um, and this is something that I ask every patient on their intake form. I ask them at the end of every session, how do you want to feel? We wave the magic wand. What is your experience? What's different? What's new, right? Let's dream a little bit. What are you moving towards? Because if you don't have any awareness of that, then you're not really going anywhere. So that one, yeah, this one's all about dreaming, I think. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The, the reason this one was a sucker punch to me was I think I imagine this is, I'm hoping it touches somebody else who's listening, is that knowing what we want is, I think there's this in our culture, it's like, I know what I want, like know what you want for Christmas and know what type of house you want and know what type of clothing you want. And it, but it's all very materialistic. When I, when I think about like the ways we're trained, the ways we train our minds or the ways maybe (laughs) all of the marketing trains our minds to think about once. Um, and it's not, it's not you, it's not unique to you. Um, it actually takes time to know what you want, like legit. It took me and, and here's how long it takes. I believe it took me a whole year to know what I want. And the reason I can think back, it was in 2018. And this is a funny part of my story. I had joined an MLM, multi-level marketing thing. Um, and I actually have really positive experiences with it. And I ended up just not pursuing it because I, they did such a good job at training me to focus on what I wanted that I realized that as much as I was like benefited and loved being a part of that, I couldn't be a part of it and grow my business. And I was like, I know what I wanted. And it took me 12 months, but, but it, but along the way, I was so uncomfortable with asking myself that question. What do I want? And I did have a journal practice at this point in my life. Um, And so I journaled a lot regularly and I would just write for my journal that morning or that day, what do I want? And I would practice writing it down. I felt a so uncomfortable. I was like, I'm not allowed to write this. Like maybe I don't remember what I wrote, but maybe it was like, I want to make hundred K in a year. I don't know. I mean, I want to, I want long hair. I think might've been something I want to not feel sick. Like I covered, I want to be married. I wasn't, I wasn't married at the time. I just wrote, wrote whatever I, and, and I felt like a child sometimes like really like, so bringing yeah. out in that child thing, but like the child part of ourselves, they're real man. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they're not just real in like an immature way. They're like, re- they're real and they're part of us. And they're meant to inform us, but like, yeah. Hey, so, so hard to write it down. Cause like literally I felt I was having to deal with guilt and shame and like all this stuff. And the other thing is I, sometimes I was like, I don't, I don't know. I I've been, I've been training myself for such a long time to simply do what I should do what I ought should and ought. We have a whole podcast episode on how shooting yourself is keeping you sick. Yeah. It's such a good, I I worked so hard (laughs) on that episode too. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I, I, it just took so much to like, how do I say this? Um, it's, I, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, but there's, there's all these things that then teach us don't even know it. Like it's, it's less painful if you don't even know what you want. Right. If, if you're just a mom and you're taking care of your kids and you're here for everybody else and you delayed gratification, but you actually deleted it. And, and there's all this chaos and and madness and you don't feel safe. You're not getting what you need. You're like, if I know what I want, it's scary because all hell might break loose. Like, I'll be like, Oh crap, this is why I'm miserable. Oh crap. I actually have to do something about this now. Oh crap. Like, what if I never reach this goal? Like, like this Mm -hmm. one is like, 
panic. And, and I had dealt with that for a year, like, gosh, stupid MLM. They kept on saying, what do you want? What do you want? I was like, can I, can I just like not think about this? Be here. And so when we wrote this down, I was like, uh, Paula knows your stuff. This is such an important question. Um, and your journaling question you have on this one is how do you want to feel? And I think that's important. Like, I think maybe for people who are feeling centered, that would be great. Anybody who's a thinking centered, how do you want to, how do you want to like be thinking? Like, do you want to feel or, but then even more so just, what do you want that question? I don't want to hijack that one, but that one was like, I felt that the the specific question, what do you want was so triggering and I needed it so bad. (laughs) That is a good one. And I feel like even um, the magic wand, if I waved a magic wand over your life and everything was better, what would change? Yeah. For kind of a bigger perspective potentially. Um, because yeah, but yeah, it is, it's scary because it's the unknown and everything in our future is unknown. But when we, you know, it's the evil, you know, not the evil, you don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know what, once you start wanting things, how's that going to go? Is it actually going to happen? Um, but it's really hard to move towards the absence of something. So mm. I it's don't like want to impo- it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The pain is gone. Now what, right. What, what do you move into? So yeah, we actually have a podcast episode. I'm going to be recording on one of the reasons, and I haven't titled it yet. So I don't, but, but the concept of we can be reluctant to, um, to heal because we don't know what comes after we're like not prepared. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, again, I, I think the language will come out better once it's recorded, but, yeah. um, yeah. I love that you said that. Awesome. That is, that is the six points for Paula. I hope y'all found out she's amazing. I've, I like you even more after this conversation. I'm like, I just have you on we should, we should just have more podcasts so we can keep talking, but, um, Paula, you are findable at paulajeffrey.com. We're going to put this in the show notes so y'all can connect with her and her awesomeness. Um, you can find her at, at healing with Paula on Facebook and Instagram. And then you also have a freebie for our listeners, which are, is going to be in the show notes, but will you tell us, uh, what's in this freebie? Uh, it is on my website as well. It's on the pop-up. Um, and it's from mind body reconnection from my course, which is all the information on that is in my website as well. Um, but it's actually an excerpt from that. So the course is hypnosis and worksheets and audio lessons. Um, that's the structure of it. So the freebie is actually pulled from the course and it's all about getting in touch with the mind body connection. So you have a symptom, you have back pain you can go through this worksheet and answer questions and explore and get curious and see if there's a little bit more to that back pain than just discomfort. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a curiosity pull. I love that. And I feel like it's such an answer to the one question I asked you, which was yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, how would you answer? Like, where's this thing coming from essentially? Yeah. So, oh, I love it. I haven't downloaded it yet, but I was planning. Yeah, I'm going to do, I'm still, out. I'm going to do extra, extra do it now. Well, Paula, thanks so <laughs> much for being on the Better Valley podcast. It was so fun My having pleasure. you on. And I really hope that all of our listeners are so blessed by hearing yeah. your expertise and, and just thought process on how to get healthy. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. (laughs) Wasn't that an amazing episode? 
I love talking with Paula and hearing her insights on her healing journey and just being able to share all the goodness and things that came up today. I hope that you also really found wealth and encouragement and inspiration in today's conversation. And I want to challenge you as you're thinking about today's podcast episode that you take action. Which of the six reasons that you're still sick stuck out to you the most? I know I shared my points and the things that really I can remember different points in my health journey were important to me. Are your needs being met? Are you suppressing symptoms? Are you allowing yourself to be honest with yourself about what you really want, not just in your health, but in every aspect of your life? I hope that you go back and think about and act on a next one small step you can do to engage with each of those points. And if you want to connect with Paula further, here is how you can do that. You can check her out at her website, paulajeffrey.com. You can follow her on Instagram like I do at Healing with Paula or on Facebook. And you can also check out the specific posts that inspired this entire podcast episode, Six Reasons You're Still Sick. And lastly, as Paula shared, she has a free mind-body connection worksheet for you to download. All of these are linked in the show notes, and I hope that whether you connect with Paula or not, that you are deep in in your mind-body connection and healing journey today. We'll see you guys on next week's episode. And as a reminder, all of October is coaching and mindset. I'll see you guys then.